came and said, our text today is Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 through 21. Dr. Larry Crabb writes, God created man for relationship with himself and others. Human beings are fundamentally relational creatures, like babies crying for the milk that sustains physical life. People desperately reach out for the kind of relationship that brings personal health. Like babies crying for milk that sustains physical life, people desperately reach out for the kind of relationship that brings personal health. All human beings desire relationships because human beings are created in the image of a personal and relational Trinitarian God. And that is an amen statement. That you see, there's a relate, there's relationship and community within the Godhead. I hope you know that. Between the, the three persons, the Father, the, the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. And humanity is designed for similar relationship, community, and fellowship. Because it's who we are as we reflect God's image. But because of the fall and because of sin, our design for relationship is broken. You got, you got, you got to realize that. Your design to be in relationship is now broken because of Genesis 3. Because of sin. Relationships are now hard. You can, you can have the most healthiest relationship in the world, and you know what? It's still hard, and it requires a lot of work. They're messy. They can be filled with drama. They can be filled with bad communication. And, and some relationships are even toxic and broken. The fall has fallen on all of your relationships. Do you know how? Do you believe it? Our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, our relationships with other people. And someone is needed to, to bring redemption to the brokenness. Someone is needed. Someone is needed to, to clean up the mess. And that someone is a redeemer, Jesus Christ. So either you're going to fix the brokenness in your relationships, or you're going to come to the one who has more power to do it. That is Jesus. He can fix what the fall breaks. But do you believe it? As I said, the sermon text today is Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 through 21. The title of this message is Jesus Redeems Relationships, Part 3. Jesus Redeems Relationships, Part 3. And here's the main point. Christ redeems relationships in your immediate family so your family can experience healthy community and connection. Jesus redeems relationships in your immediate family so each member of that family can experience connection and community. Please pray with and for me. Father, as I prayed before I came up, Lord, I, I, I want to, I first have to, to confess how I, I use preaching as a means of my righteousness. How I use ministry as an idol 
to make me feel good about myself, to, to help me believe that I'm good enough and I'm somebody. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for how I, I long for man's praise and I long for people to write good comments on Facebook because they're, they're idols for me. Forgive me for how I make worship about me and not about you. Forgive me of that. Free me of that. That all the righteousness I need, Christ has already given to me. All the affirmation I need, I have in you. All the comments of, of, of greatness I've already got from you. I am a beloved son. And I don't need to eat breadcrumbs to make me feel good about myself when I have your word right here. So, Father, my prayer is that for myself and for everyone here and, and everyone tuning in, that, that they don't have to eat breadcrumbs to feel good about themselves. They have you. And I pray that each person will receive what they need to receive from the word today. And I pray for all of this in Christ's wonderful and precious name. Amen. Every immediate family is a system. And I made a similar point back on December the 13th um, last month. And each of us was raised in a family system, and each of us are currently part of a family system. Your family of origin is a system for better or for worse. Two Christian counselors wrote, family is a natural social system with properties all of its own, one that, that evolves a, a set of rules and roles and power structures, forms of communication, ways of regulation and problem-solving, that allows various tasks to be performed effectively. And there are two types of family systems according to many counselors, Christian counselors and secular counselors. First, a family system can be closed with tight boundaries. This system heavily restricts access, interaction with influences on the outside world. So this family is very tight. They isolate themselves from the culture. The second system is an open system with loose boundaries. This system has a back and forth flow among the members and the outside world. And another Christian counselor says, healthy families usually enjoy a good balance between open and closed boundaries. Distinctive support of its individual members, yet able to grow and adapt with the surrounding culture. Is your family system healthy? Was the family that you were raised in, was that system healthy? If not, Christ can fix it. Jesus can bring redemption. And so can we let him work? Can you let him work? Look at the passage before us today. Colossians 3, verses 18 through 21. Who do y'all think Paul is speaking to in these four verses? Who is the audience? This is congregational participation. Who is he talking to? Christians. The church. 
the apostle is addressing believers, people who have saving faith in Jesus Christ, people who trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior, people who believe that, that Christ died on the cross and rose again three days later. Paul wants them and us in 2021 to know that union with the Redeemer changes the way family members relate to one another. Not just in the church relationships, it changes the way your family relates to one another. It changes how parents and kids relate to each other. It changes the way husbands and wives relate to one another. It changes how we build our family system. It changes how we function within that system. Union with Christ can make family relationships healthy so each member can experience community and connection. Or do you think it's you that's making it healthy? What makes your family system healthy? Is it you? Your good works? Your education? Or is it who you are in Christ? So what can it look like for Jesus to redeem relationships among immediate family members? Relationships between spouses? Relationship between parent and child? It can look like this. Christian spouses... Christian parents and Christian children are to relate to one another out of their new self in Jesus. Now I repeat that. Christian spouses, parents, and kids are to relate to one another out of their new self in Jesus, out of their union with him, out of their new identity, relating to each other out of your old self in Adam, breaks relationships, creates isolation, makes family relationships toxic and unhealthy. Look at verses 5 and 9. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, and covetedness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put away anger, Wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Christian parents, spouses, and children can put away their old self and Adam through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's an amen statement. The Holy Spirit does that. He takes off your old self clothes. Think about it, saints. You don't have to do family in your old identity. You don't have to to parent out of the old self in Adam. You don't have to do marriage out of the old self. Please receive this. Jesus, the Spirit, is able to remove from your family system sexual immorality, impurity, self-centeredness, passions, evil desires, and covetedness. The Spirit can do that. Because None of our marriages and families are holy. They're not perfect. You have issues. So who's undressing you? Who's changing you from those issues? And if you're not married, just get, when you do get married, oh, you're going to have it too. The Spirit can remove any spirit of anger and wrath and malice and slander and dirty talk. He, he, he can help you put to death 
for it is earthly in you and in your family system. Listen, we build systems as, 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 as image bearers, but every system we build is broken and stained by sin. There are no perfect systems, and there are no perfect families. He can remove the old self-clothes from your life, and he can redress you in the clothes of the new self in Christ Jesus. You don't have to do family dressed in the old suit. That's, that's freedom. But do you believe in the Spirit's ability? Do you believe in his ability? Ephesians 4, verses 22 through 24 says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And Paul says in verse 10, Put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and after the image of his creator. The Holy Spirit, he redresses all the beloved sons and daughters of God in new clothes. And for Christian spouses and parents and kids, that means you can do life in a new way. You can do family in a new way. You can do family dressed in different clothes. Verses 12 through 14 says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if you have a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Do you think these are just for the local church? This is for your family, too. Imagine what a family system would look like. If Christian spouses and parents and kids did family with these clothes on, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, it's possible because Jesus works in our families through the Spirit. Husband and wives can do marriage out of their new self. They can parent out of their new self. And kids can be kids out of their new self if they have faith in Jesus. And this is what Jesus uses to bring redemption to broken family relationships. He uses your union with him. That's what he uses. And if that is not enough, then there's nothing else I got for you. If that ain't enough, there's nothing else the word I can give you. If who you are in Christ is not enough to fix the broken places of your family, marriage, that I ain't got nothing else for you. So guess, saints, what can family look like when Christian members strive to do family out of their new self in Christ? What can marriage look like? What can parenthood look like? What can childhood look like? Christian spouses and parents function differently in marriage and family while being dressed by the Holy Spirit with these different clothes. He uses the clothes of the new self. When you dress in those clothes, it changes the way you are as a spouse. Paul writes in, in verse 18, Wives, submit yourself to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. 
See, the Bible has a context. You can't read this part of Colossians without everything else Paul said. Because if you do that, that's what gets you in trouble. You can't start there. You got to go back to everything else he said because he's moving somewhere. He's leading us somewhere. He's given, he's, he built the foundation. Now he's going to give you the practical applications of that foundation. I read an article from a well-known American pastor titled, Six Things Submission is Not. His, his second point in the article states, Submission does not mean leaving our brain at the altar. Submission doesn't mean leaving our brain at the altar. He shares about an interesting encounter he had uh, with a couple to illustrate his point. Uh, This pastor writes, I dealt with a couple one time. The wife said her husband demanded that she get permission to go to the bathroom. Yeah. He demanded that she get permission from him to use the restroom. The pastor said that really happened. I just looked at him and said, this is what the pastor said to this husband. I looked at him and said, you're not well. You're not well. You have an unbelievable, distorted view of this fellow heirs of grace life. You don't understand the Bible. You're taking a word like authority and headship and submission, and then you're stepping away from the Bible and filling those words up with stuff you want to do. You're not getting it from the Bible. That well-known pastor is right about this husband who isn't alone. Many within the church are guilty of filling up authority, headship, and submission with stuff they want instead of what the Bible actually says. Look at the history of the church. Biblical submission doesn't mean the wife is silent and subjugated, but it does mean something. It does mean something. First, biblical submission is about role and function within a Christian family. Please get this. Please hear this. Please understand it. It's about the wife's function and role, not about her identity. No. Bring it on. Submission is about the wife's role and function, not about her identity, not about her self-worth, value, and dignity. And submission isn't a clothing item of the new self. A wife's submission recognizes that there was this order that God placed in the covenant family. Husband, headship, and leadership, wife, helper. A wife is a helpmate for her husband. His like opposite is function and role. But do we, do we believe that? Second, submission is a call, not a curse. The call isn't from the church. It's from the Lord. Have you ever thought about submission as a calling? It is. Look at verse 18 again. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. It's proper in the Lord to, for, for wives to submit to their husbands. It's not evil. It's not oppressive. 
oppressive. It's not demeaning. It's a beautiful call. It's good. It's part of the way God has ordered the family, even your family system. Submission is a call, not a curse. And family submission, biblical submission is a choice. A wife voluntarily submits to her husband. It's a choice that she makes. That's what the term means here in, in, in verse 18. Paul calls Christian wives to continue to voluntarily submit themselves to their husband. She, to voluntarily place themselves under their husband's headship, protection, care, love, and provision. Here it is, husbands. And here it is, wives. Submission is what a wife gives to her husband as his helpmate. It's her gift to you, not something you demand of her. It's her gift to you, not something you demand of her. You can't force it. You can't demand it. And here's the thing. She gives it out of love and respect for her husband, not because she's beneath him or less than him. That's what biblical submission is. Take notes and do likewise. A Christian wife strives to live out her role in her new self, and that is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, ladies, if you are married, if you wish to be married, you can ask the Holy Spirit to dress you in compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, love, forgiveness, and forbearing with your husband when he gets on your nerves. You can ask the Holy Spirit for that. You can ask the Holy Spirit to remove from you the clothes of the old self and Adam because if you're married, you're going to sometimes put on those clothes. Anger, wrath, malice, impurity, passion, slander, evil desires, sexual immorality, covetousness. You can ask the Holy Spirit to remove those so you don't have to function in your role as a wife in that. Union with Christ really changes the way you function as a wife. Do you believe it? You don't have to read a whole bunch of books on marriage all the time. How about you just ask the Holy Spirit to give you what you can't give yourself? Union with Christ changes the way you relate to your husband. He can renew and restore and redeem your marriage. But wives, do y'all believe this? This stuff is either true or are we just making it all up? What about you, husbands? What do y'all believe? Look at verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Doing life with your wife in love comes from the new self in Adam, the new self in Jesus. Doing life with her in harshness comes from your old self and Adam. So how are you living, husbands? In Christ or in Adam? Love Christ, harshness, Adam. Love new self, harshness, old self. Love new clothes, harshness, old clothes. A Christian husband who functions in his role out of his old self will damage his relationship with his wife. He will destroy his family. 
You won't love her. You will be harsh with her. What do y'all think headship looks like when it's lived out of the old self? How does it function in, in the marriage and family when it's dressed in sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, and covetedness? How, how does headship function when it's dressed in anger and wrath and malice and slander, meanness, profanity, lies, and dirty talk? What do you think it will look like? First, it will look like abuse. When done out of the old self and Adam, you will abuse your wife and family emotionally, verbally, physically, or even sexually. Oh, man. That ain't from Christ. That's from Adam. Second, you will, you will, you will like to be, you will, like, you will rule and lord over your wife in the old man, treating her like a child. My sister-in-law used to work with a guy, and he, he, was, he claimed to be a Christian, and he was telling some of his coworkers that he did not allow his wife to have a car. She had to walk to the grocery store and get food and walk home and bring the groceries home on foot. Is that headship? This is someone who claims to be a Christian. This is a man who claims to believe what we believe. But his view of headship is I order my wife's life around like she's my child, not my helpmeet. That is an abuse of your role and authority. That is ruling and lording over. Your wife is not a commodity. She's not your piece of property. But when you do your husband, when you husband out of the old self, you would treat her that way. Third, when headship is done out of the old self, it looks like you having all the authority in your family marriage. It looks, you, you will function like a selfish dictator and king. It's your way. Your way. You're the founding authority, but you forget you're under authority. And you forget the authority God has given you and your family should be a gift to your family, not something you use to oppress them. Fourth, when headship is done out of the old self, it will look like you being passive, like Adam in the garden. You're uninvolved. You work. You provide money. But that's the extent to your involvement with your family. You provide no leadership in your family marriage. That's the fourth way when you do headship out of the old self. Christians' husbands living in the old self, you would do headship this way. And, and it's not you living in a way that's worthy of Christ. It's sinful and it's self-centered. And trust me, it will destroy your family. It will rob your wife of her God-given value and dignity. It will cause harm to your kids. They will grow up and need therapy. They're going to come see me and complain about you because of the way you fathered them. Biblical headship isn't abusive. It's not ruling over. It doesn't give you ultimate authority. But headship does mean something. It does mean something. In an article titled, Husbands, forget the heroics. The author writes, I once heard a Christian minister spend an hour on the biblical roles of husbands and wives. He spent 59 minutes addressing the woman's need to submit and obey, and one minute summing up the husband's role. It was his grand finale. Men, you must love your wives as Christ loved the church. 
What does that mean? Dramatic pause, he says. It means you must be willing to die for her. He sat down, and the, the writer said, Colorful images raced through my mind of my husband, leaping in front of an oncoming bull or offering himself up to a cannibal in my stead. She, the author, concludes by saying, Most women don't want their men to die for them. They want their men to live for them. Most women do not want their men to die for them. They want them to live for them. Christian husbands who function in their role while being dressed by the Holy Spirit in the clothes of the new self in Christ will live for their wives. That will happen. What clothes are you wearing, husbands? Ask the Holy Spirit to dress you in compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, love, forgiveness, and bearing with your wife in gentleness. Sometimes just let her go around the world when she tells a story. It's okay. Let her share it. It's fine. Process with her. Connect with her emotionally. Biblical headship means that husband will live for his wife as a sacrificial lead servant. As a sacrificial lead servant. You'll do life with your wife as a servant leader, not a dictator. A servant, a sacrificial uh, lead servant strives to walk in the footsteps of Christ. You want to love your wife like Christ loved the church? Then you sacrifice for her. How does uh, Christ lead his church? How does Christ lead his church now? In, in, in Mark 10, verse 45, Christ says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Sacrificially serving. Jesus serves the church selflessly. He leaves her with humility. He leaves her with sacrifice. And Jesus takes his leadership seriously. He doesn't abandon his role and responsibility. He's not passive. He's not abusive. He's not a dictator. Jesus is a sacrificially servant for his church. So you need to ask husbands, ask the Holy Spirit to dress you in the new clothes of the new self so that you can be the same for your wife and family. A sacrificially servant in your marriage and in your family. Ask the Spirit to do that. Will you? Second headship means a husband strives to love sacrificially. Again, Paul says in verse 19, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. This, again, is a call for us to look back at the way Christ relates to the church. He loves his church sacrificially. He gives himself up for her. He delivered himself up for her at the cross. And he doesn't, and he doesn't do those things because the church nags him. Did you get that? He doesn't serve the church sacrificially because the church nags him. He doesn't do it because of guilt. He doesn't do it because of duty. He delivers himself up freely out of an everlasting love for his bride, his beloved. So when Christ, dressed in the clothes of the new self by the Holy Spirit, Christian husbands can strive to love their wives the same way, sacrificially, in word and deed. 
Listen to these words in Ephesians 5, verses 25 through 29. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of, of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Sacrificial love, brothers, it nourishes and it cherishes. No one ever hates his own body. No one does. So husbands, as you feed, as you groom, as you care, as you exercise your body, you should pay the same attention to the way you love your wife and the way you do family. Nourish and cherish. To cherish and to nourish, it means you have the best interest of something in mind. You do. For, for husbands, this means you nourish your wife by building her up in areas of her life, by pursuing her the same way you did before y'all walked down the aisle. That's what it means. Don't get lazy, brothers. Your wife still wants you to pursue her. Cherish her by telling her she's beautiful. Show her affection. Show her tenderness. Process with her emotionally. She don't want you to fix everything, but she wants you to connect with her emotionally. And some brothers, you may have to go to counseling to open up emotionally. Remember the article, Husbands Forget the Heroics. The author goes on and writes, your wife has dreams and projects too. Can you genuinely take an interest in her projects and sincerely rejoice with her when they prove successful? What if, she, what if she receives a gift from God's spirit that differs from you? Can you be glad for her, encourage her in the appropriate use of it? Don't try to mold her or suppress her. Fulfill her. Honor her tastes and preferences as you honor your own, even if hers are, de- are decidedly different. Paul urged Christian men to nourish their wives as Christ nourishes and feeds the church. This means assessing your wife's need physically and emotionally and trying to meet them. Husbands, do you understand those words? Do you understand them? Live with your wife with a gentle and understanding spirit. Be gentle with her in her broken places. Seek to understand her emotionally. Seek to understand her ways and her dreams and her hopes and her fears and her insecurities. Listen, you can't be her mini Jesus, okay? But you can't be her good husband. Christian husbands, strive to live out your new self in Adam, ask new self in Jesus. I keep saying that. Ask the Holy Spirit to dress you in the clothes of the new self. Ask the Spirit to remove the clothes from the old man from you. Like with your wife, union with Christ changes the way you function as a husband. It changes the way you relate to your wife. Now, what if you're not married? What if you're not a wife or husband? Ladies, young ladies, little girls, 
my sisters, your identity is not in being a wife. Wifey isn't a clothing item of your new self in Christ. Wife is a role. It does not make you who you are. It's not your security. It's not your significance. So if you're not a wife, then it doesn't make you less than the women who are. And if you are a wife, it doesn't make you better than the women who aren't. Single women and married women are equal in their union with Christ, equally loved by him, equally cared for by him, equal in value, self-worth, and dignity. Both find their identities in Jesus, not in being a good wife and not in being a good wifely prospect. Ladies, know who you are in Christ. Know your God-given worth. A man cannot give it to you. It comes from Jesus. So if you enter in marriage thinking it's going to fulfill you, it's going to, it's going to be the Mecca, trust me, it's not Mecca. It's in the trenches of war. You will fight. There will be tears. So if you know who you are in Jesus before you get married, then you will not worship the ground your husband walk on. You realize you got one Savior, and he ain't it. And the same is true for men, single men, married men. You find your identity in Jesus, too, not in being the ideal ideal husband. You're not the ideal husband. You never will be, not even being a good husband material. So, brothers, you also, if you're single, you got to know who you are in Christ, too. And I said this when I preached in, when I preached in, in, in Genesis. You know, Adam and Eve were already whole before God brought them together. They didn't become whole persons when in marriage. So if you think marriage is going to make you a whole person, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. An image bearer cannot make you whole. Your creator makes you whole. You're already whole. So don't use marriage for something that it was not meant to be. It was not to be your savior. You have one savior. His name is Jesus. So, brothers, you got to know your worth and believe it. Men, your significance and your security is found in Jesus as well, not in being a husband and not in finding a wife. Author and blogger, blogger Jasmine Holmes wrote a post titled, Single for a Reason, Eight Lies We Tell Unmarried Women. Listen to these words she wrote. She says, My greatest comfort as a single, was that ultimately marriage was completely outside of my control. I wasn't single because I was dropping the ball. I was single because God still had work to do in my life, lessons to teach me in that season. Do single people need to grow? Absolutely. But so do married people. Our marital state is not indicative of our spiritual maturity. Our marital state is not indicative of our spiritual maturity. All it indicates is that God is most glorified to work in us in whatever season he has us in. And Jasmine is spot on. If you're married, that's a season. If you're not married, that's a season. Singleness is not a curse. It's not punishment. Nothing is wrong with you. Embrace the season God has you in. 
Know and rest in your union with Christ. You are already a beloved son and daughter, whether you're married or unmarried. Let's pray. Father, I pray that this truth will ring in our hearts and minds this week. We are already beloved sons and daughters. There's nothing we can do to make those things true. It is what it is because of what Christ has done. So I pray as we go out this week, help us to to believe that this is who we are, that we are beloved sons and daughters of the king. And whatever season you have us in, if it's married and if it's singleness, Lord, we are still enough. So, Holy Spirit, minister to us in our broken places. Minister to us uh, so that we can function in ways that are healthy. And I pray that you will bring redemption to the broken relationships that are in our immediate families that you will bring healing to those relationships for your glory and for our good. And it's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Will you please stand for the Lord's benediction? And if you're at home tuning in, you're more than welcome to stand too. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be glory, dominion forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. All right, saints, please greet one another with an elbow bump. See y'all next week.